0: And thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with human mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. Tonight we're going to be talking about election. The divine election. Let's see... We're still in our journey with, in the book of Galatians. I know you guys are on Romans 9, but we're gonna be getting a lot of of the answers through that book of the questions that you may have. But do you agree that a lot of our faith, there's really, there's more questions sometimes than answers, because then it doesn't become faith if you have all the answers completely, clearly, and loudly. Do we agree? That if we can truly explain who God is with our finite mind, and it doesn't make Him God. Do we agree? There are many things. Deuteronomy 29.29 reads, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So the things that are revealed to us are for us to know. It might not completely understand, but it is for us to trust in God and His goodness and His mercy and His love. All right, but we, we have to also know that there are many things that we probably will never comprehend. And I think most of the time it's the doctrine of election. I struggled, I struggled putting this message together because I know there's a lot of questions that it will that will come up that uh, and I'm, I'm already blocking all you guys's emails so you won't be able to send me your complaints <laughs> I'm redirecting it to John Gosling <laughs> I titled our message chosen for his pleasure this is chosen by God part two okay let's read let's begin Galatians 1:15. I know we went through this two weeks ago But there's just so much in the book of Galatians that I can't turn away. I have to step back and say, all right, let's tackle this verse again. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. I know if you read that carefully, and I already gave you the the prelude earlier, you're looking at that, that God set me apart from my mother's womb. right? We want to show you, I want to give you more verses on when God chose people before they were created, before they even got to say anything or do anything. It's in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born i set you apart i appointed you as a prophet to the nations the lord in isaiah 49:1 the lord called me before my birth from within the womb he called me by name is that amazing it is for me it is amazing it's amazing that god has chosen us and has known us before we were even conceived Before that, we see that that God chose Jeremiah and Isaiah, and now we're going to see that God chose the Israelites. Deuteronomy 7, 6, For you are a people holy unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be as as a people for His prized possession above all peoples on the face of the earth. And it's not because the Israelites were special, it's not because they were numerous well it's because God chose them God our God is sovereign amen amen Amen. he is sovereign (laughs) every decision he makes we trust that it is fair Do we agree every decision that our God makes could he could care less if we think is right or wrong because him making the decision Whether it's a judgment, whether it's for mercy, whether it's choosing you even before you were created. That's his choice and that right there is the right decision. That's how I see our God. That's how I see his sovereignty. That whatever his decision is, only he and he alone has the right to make or not make. Now it also goes to choosing his people. Do you agree that with God, our God, who created the universe just by saying it, do you agree that He would know that even before you were created, you would choose Him or not? Do you agree to that? Yeah. Yes. I agree to that. I agree to that. That's why this doctrine of election is so amazing for me. that it's, It is mind-blowing that, again, you can see here in Ephesians 1, to 3-4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ, just as He chose us in Him. Before the foundation of the world. Before Genesis. He chose us. Before the foundations of the world. He chose us to be in Him through Christ Jesus. He made, He knew... Now, do you all know about, we probably all know about the, the, the movie Chocolate Factory, right? Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Now they, they had to take chances there. He had he issued golden tickets on whoever's gonna see his, his magnificent chocolate factory. Now people, there was a rich girl that bought, they, they started a, a warehouse of these chocolates just so she could get a ticket. So it was by random, it was not by selection. And then at the end of the movie, you know, right? That the person who won the factory was the per the kid that Willy Wonka decided oh, okay he deserved it he has the better attitude but here we're seeing here that us going into the, re- the relationship that we did with the Lord as much as we were aware of that time if you have accepted Christ as a our lord and savior that's this is what i'm talking about as much as you are aware of that time that you made the decision that you accepted him as your lord it shows you now that god chose you before even that decision because he knew it right isn't that amazing that for me is amazing it will never stop amazing in my mind and i will never be i will never stop being grateful because if, I've said it many times, and, and I will never change how I see myself apart from Christ, that I am not worthy of His name. And for me to realize, for me to always get this and stumble into this, it's just humbling for me. Do you agree? You know, in early in my, my relationship with the Lord, as I was going through my, my Bible journey as I started it, I made a bad decision. I shared this with Brother Richard. The first book that I finished was Book of James. It's so hard because it's a book of straws, you know. But well, it was good, but that was my first book. But as I kept reading, I kept reading. I stumbled into John 15, 5, where Jesus said to his disciples, I chose you, you did not choose me. That, those words jumped out of that, that Bible, and I was just, again, I'm like, my goodness, Lord. Because I already asked, Lord, why did you do this? Why did you die on the cross for my sins? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross for my sins, Lord? I don't deserve it. And then again, I find out that he chose me. That I didn't choose him. Well, as much as I did choose him, he chose me. He chose me before the foundation of the world. This, folks, is... The doctrine of election, divine election. This is not any election that we do in this country or in the Philippines where there's cheating in the numbers in the Philippines, or there's there's cheating here that's happening, you know, or or oh, we don't like who came out, you know. It's not that type. This divine election is by God's decision. I'm good with this truth. He is God, I'm not. Praise God. (laughs) Right? Praise God that he knows what he's doing, that he is wise, he is loving, he is merciful, he is gracious. Amen? And for him to make the decision that if you are a part of his family, he chose you before the foundation of the world, before you were created in your mother's womb. Now, the the books that we've been reading, most of the epistles are from Paul, right? But again, we have to go through this journey again to understand that it's God's choice. It was God's choice when he called Paul. Because Paul's concentration was this. Paul's mindset was this. Saul, before he became Paul, was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that, if he f- that, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which is Jesus and the Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute? That's when Jesus met, or that's when Paul met Jesus in the street of Damascus. His whole focus, his life was completely and utterly against God's will. Although he was sincerely thinking that he was doing God's will, he was against God's will. But despite that, despite that, Paul said in Galatians 1, right, that he chose me before I was in my mother's womb. You see here, what I see here is it's God's grace. God's grace coming down to save a sinner, a sinner that is not worthy of him. Same with us, right? We were, if you accepted Christ now, we were sinners. Against him, sinning against him, doing everything that he told us not to do. But yet, despite that, he came down and gave his son so that we will be with him. But he made that decision prior to us making that decision for ourselves. Now, did I lose some of you guys? Because I lost myself there. So, who made the decision? Who made the decision? For me, again, I'm going to say this again. For me, I have no problem believing and knowing that it was God who made that decision prior to me making that decision myself. Because frankly, if I'm going to look at my, my decision all my life, there's a lot of the cons rather than the pros. And the pros are probably under cons again because that's just how my brain is. It's half a brain. We're going to see here God again making a decision, choosing someone prior to any action prior to any deed prior to any deed that was done by the person now you're in Romans please if you have your Bible and you have not marked it you can read it tonight and study it further let me begin reading from verse 10 not only that but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time they were twins by our father Isaac yet before the twins were born or had done anything, good or bad, in order that God's purpose in the election might stand, not by works, but by him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who calls, she was told. The older will serve the younger. This is God speaking to Rebecca, Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now, before you feel too bad for Esau, if you didn't, if you haven't read about what happened to him, he was very successful. You know, God blessed him tremendously. He was, you know, he had many sheep and, and all that stuff. He was he was financially blessed by the Lord. But for the purposes of God, before any decisions were made, is it this is Paul wrote Romans and Paul wrote Galatians. And Ephesians and everything else, right? And it says here, as we read it, before the twins were born or had done anything, good or bad, God's purpose in election might stand. He chose the younger. He chose Jacob. And if you read read your Bible, Jacob was a deceiver, correct? He deceived his his father. He deceived his brother. He deceived his father-in-law. Right? Isn't that crazy on how God chooses us? And if we're really going to be honest, like, why me, Lord? I know a better person that is more dedicated, more consistent. Why are you choosing me? So I had to go through the books that you gave me during the last um, Pastor Appreciation because I really need to dig into this. I'm like, I got to make sure, Lord, I have to make sure that I am right or somebody else who's, who is smarter than me, but there's a lot of them, right? <laughs> and see what they say about this election. And this is from uh, Dr. Lewis Berry Schaefer from the um, Systematic Theology. Let me, begin, let me read, there is no mere arbitrary caprice in divine election now. I had a hard time, what does arbitrary caprice meant? So let me share that with you because I did the, I already did it, I printed it. It does it means it's it's fair okay it's it's not fair wait a minute Where's my notes sorry I should have just not say I had notes oh here arbitrary and capricious means capricious means doing something according to one's will or caprice and therefore conveying a notion of or a tendency to abuse power so this is why he's saying there's no abuse of power in divine election, for God in this, as as in all He does, is governed by His infinite wisdom, holiness, and love. Do you agree that God is loving? Do you agree that His that He is holy? Do you agree that He is wise? Then, if you agree with all those pointers, you can rest with the truth of the. the the doctrine of election because the person that elected and make that made that decision was a wise holy and loving God amen amen Amen. Amen. as the ground of election he foresaw no difference in character of one over another you see that it's not based on the person's attitude or character it was his choice his choice is not based on anticipated worthiness election is an act of grace apart from works as much as grace is so beautiful already if you look into the doctrine of election in our faith you're gonna be more amazed neither faith nor good works is the cause of divine election they are rather fruit of election did that just go (laughs) I think it's awesome I think it's amazing I think it's spelled out plain and simple here. Men are not first holy and then chosen, but are first chosen and then holy. It was that they might be holy that they were chosen. Amen? Amen. Praise God for this man who really dug into the faith and the, the verses and studied it. For us to now translate the verses that we're reading and make a better understanding of it because our good works right our good works is the byproduct of our relationship with the Lord amen and we're not doing good works so that we can be saved because we're saved by grace amen and then you come to find out my goodness it was God who chose me it was God who chose me before the foundation of the world Your love for God and your amazement for God will just continue to grow and grow and grow as you continue to learn and dig into our our faith. That's why don't just get stuck with one thing about our faith. There's so much more to learn. There's so much doctrines for us to enjoy. I say enjoy because the more you know of the doctrines of our faith, the stronger you will be with whatever challenges that you may be facing. Yeah, you're going to be standing firm because, you know, man, you know, God is good. He said He is good. And I believe that He is good. I might be going through storms right now, but my God told me that He will never leave me nor forsake me. Right? He told me to not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present my request to Him, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be with me. Through Christ Jesus, you're you're studying this, you're you're repeating this, you're memorizing this, and you're falling in love with it. And then you're gonna need it. And then what's gonna happen? You're gonna be stronger. You're gonna have peace. You're gonna be calm, right? You're gonna trust in Him. Are you still gonna be hurting? Probably. Our sister's testimony earlier took 13 years before God took her out. Of that bad situation. For many of us. You're still in that situation. That you've been praying for. You're probably still sick. Or someone that you love is still sick. Right? But it doesn't mean that God. Isn't doing anything about that situation. Amen? Because God is sovereign. Right? God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. According to how he sees it. Right? And we should be okay with that. Now, let's look at the first point. Is now let's look at God's sovereignty. In Isaiah 46, 9 to 10, it reads, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, I will do all my Pleasure in a society that we have watered down our faith, which includes our God, that we have manipulated. For many of us, maybe not in this room, but many churches in their faith. Right? I'm trying. I'm I'm trying not to get dirty looks right now. (coughs) Right? We have watered down the faith, and we have made God the Father, who is sovereign, powerful. To a God that is just merely a genie. Of the cartoon that you will never forget Aladdin. Oh, that uh, your wishes never run out with God, right? Because with the genie, it's only three. And you can't cheat. You can't wish for the, the third wish to multiply your wish. You make God that way. You make him down to just somebody lower than you. Your ATM machine your physician when you're sick your rescue 911 when you're in trouble as much as he is all of that he is more than that do we agree we have forgotten his sovereignty that whatever he pleases he does and whatever he does it's good amen we've dictated him we want to dictate to God we have forgotten who the real God is because the society has told us you are Your own God you're the captain of your destiny right and we bought all into it like oh yeah man I am have great ideas for my life you know the world they're okay to think that way they're okay to live that way for how I think but for a believer there's no excuse that's a sad sad state because if you are a believer And you've watered down God to somebody who's not sovereign somebody who just does what you want him to do and that's a sad state you are not you are not you don't know the real God and you are not enjoying an intimate relationship with him because you are merely using him as your request line like a DJ on the radio before remember oh I know my crush is listening can you please play this and they'll play it oh sure right but God is more than that God does what he pleases let's see more of his sovereignty I almost didn't insert this Matthew but I did for many are called but few are chosen chosen by who God God the father was sovereign now in your Romans Romans 9 16 so it is God who decides to show mercy we can neither choose it nor work for it because we're saved by grace and by grace alone through Christ and through Christ alone there is nothing that we could do to earn our salvation but at the same time we see here that it was God who decided that to us to come into our relationship with him we made that decision you are very much aware of that moment that when you made that decision to accept him as your lord but we're talking about we're revealing to you tonight the doctrine of divine election. Verse 17: For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. Again, here, God, right? God is all wise. Amen? He knows from the beginning to the end. Amen. Amen. He knows it. So he knows it. So he knew. That Pharaoh was too proud and will never bend to whatever request, even after the many plagues that he will send, Pharaoh will continue to deny it. God knew that. Does God react if you screw up? Does he scratch his head up there like, oh man, what did Joe do now? He's not a reactionary God. He knows it. He's wise. He's all wise wise how do you like playing in the game where you already know you won right shake your heads especially if it's a card game there's a million dollar on the the pot you're like and they're gonna say chris we're gonna play this but you're gonna win it it's probably a a game in the philippines that's being run by the government (laughs) play it i guarantee you you win it will you play it or not well, nobody's answering. Oh, no, I don't gamble anymore, Pastor. <laughs> you play it. You play it. I'll play it. Because it's guaranteed I'm going to win, right? I'll play it. I'll play it. It is the same thing with God here. God has told us, right? God has told us that it is done. It is finished. When he, that's what he said on the cross. Amen? He said that. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. So we're going through troubles, right? But then he said, but behold, I have overcome the world. When he got crucified on the cross, before he was grabbed, right? Or when he, while he was being grabbed, Peter took the sword, cut the servant's ear. And G- Jesus said, don't do this. This must happen, Right? This must happen. They must take me so that God's design, God's purpose, God's will, God's decision to rescue mankind happened. He was not an innocent victim of that moment. It was orchestrated by God Himself. Amen? He was an innocent person that was, he didn't sin. When he was, because He died for our sins. But everything that happens, God knows about it. Amen? That is your God and my God. So our rest, knowing these things, knowing His sovereignty, should give us so much power to rest on Him. Amen? We should be completely and utterly dependent on Him. And it should be okay, even though we don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds our future. Amen? Amen. Our God is sovereign. Our God is powerful. Our God is all-knowing. He has done everything for us. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. I don't know about you, but I really think it's amazing. It's mind-blowing that God knows it. Verse 18, so you see. God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. So there's a question. There's a question. Other than that 30-minute marker that's flashing in my, my, my eyes right now, there's a question. The question is, is it fair? Is it fair then that God, well, if it's God's decision ultimately, then it's not fair. It's not fair because you're complaining, right? Some people will be complaining. Well, that's not fair. I thought there's free will. Where does, where, where does my free will fall into in the divine election? Let me ask you, were you conscious when you made the decision, when you accepted Christ? Yes. yes. Some of you are sleeping right now. You're not shaking your head because you're sleeping. <laughs> so you, you're not hearing me. Right? But you were conscious, you were aware, you were completely aware of what you were doing when you came into that decision to accept him as your Lord. Correct. But what we're saying here, God wasn't surprised. God already knew. God already knew that you were going to do that before the foundation of the world. And Paul, actually Paul knew you were going to be asking that question. If you're the person who's asking that question, Paul knew Go to your Bibles in Romans 19. Well then you might say why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? Now there's no no predestination to hell. I'm not saying that there's a predestination to hell because for all men have sinned and when you sin where do you go? Hell. You're already going to hell anyway. If you don't accept Christ as your Lord, you're going to hell. Anyway, there's, there's no more predestination to hell doctrine, okay? There's only one predestination or divine election, in which is to heaven. And you say here, no, don't say that. This is in this is New Living Translation, okay? But this is, I want us to hear the, this these next verse and understand that we need to start considering Paul's line here. Who are you a mere human being to argue with God now let's pause that let's park there for a minute or five and say how many times on what issues in your life have you been arguing with God who are you a mere man to argue with the creator of the universe Right these two cups here these two cups were made by i don't know solo (laughs) now if since i bought it that becomes mine correct so i I drank water from here and then i'm going to put dirt here and i'll just keep this as a container for my water now do you think these guys can argue with me no they can't they can't argue with me because I may not have created them, but I own them now. And with God, He created us. Right? He created us. And whatever His decision is for each and every one of us, who, who, who can argue? But again, this is not about, well then, if I don't accept Him as my Lord, why is He faulting me for that? No. You're already going to hell because of your sin anyway but the the gift of grace is offered to you and to her and to everyone else you are going to be faulted because God knew from the beginning that you won't do it because you're gonna to be too prou- proud you have that pride in yourself the people that won't accept Christ are, are certain people I'll name three there's many one the people that they think they are they are good that they're doing enough good works to bring them to heaven. To the people that want to stay in their sinful life. That they don't want a God to stop them from living their sinful ways. They'd rather not know that there is a moral code because they're breaking all of it. I'll just stick with two. <laughs> no, you don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one created, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another jar to throw garbage into? Doesn't he have the right to do that? Yes, he does. So does God. God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is, for me, I, I'm okay with it. Him being God of the universe, knowing all things, and He gave me the things that He has revealed to me here, and the things that I, that I have here are good for me. I'm good with that. The things that I'm not understanding completely, I'm praying that He, he reveals it to me or not. I'm still good with it. Because He has chosen me before the foundations of the world, I accepted Him as my Lord because He died for my sins many years ago. And I know because of what He has done, I have heaven to look forward to. I am okay with that. In the same way, even though God has the right to show His anger and His power, He is a very patient. He is very patient with those on whom his anger falls see because all were destined for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God right Romans 323 Romans 623 is but sorry what is it for the wages of sin is death but the grace of God <coughs> right For the wages of sin is death. I'm having a moment here. (laughs) For the wages of sin is death. And everybody have sinned. See how God is patient? He is very patient. To a point that he went to the cross. He died the most, Jesus died the most embarrassing and most excruciating. And I know I said this before, but the word excruciating came from the word from the cross. They could not describe the pain of the cross, of a person that will go through the crucifixion. So they came up with the word excruciating. God is so patient. Was he patient with you? Is he still patient with you? With those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance. For glory. And we are among those whom He selected. Isn't that great to know? Again, I'm gonna ask you, you have to understand that God the Father selected you. You are one of the selected few. Many are called, but few are chosen. Imagine that. I know the special ops guys, there's there's so much training, there's so much pain they had to go through before they get chosen to be part of that special ops, the SWAT, the the Navy SEALs, the Rangers, right? It's it's different. They have to go through extreme pain and training and hardship, and then they have to be selected. For us, God selected us. God of the universe selected us. And what were you before He selected you? For me, I don't know about you, but I was the biggest bonehead that was walking here in Reno Sparks. <laughs> I had no future. I had no time. I really don't know why Anna Lou married me. <laughs> I mean, I even told Papa Gigi this too. I don't know why he agreed to it. <laughs> but I was the biggest bonehead. I had no future. I had plans, but stupid plans. <laughs> right? But God selected me, God chose me. As much as he chose you. Isn't that amazing? And this, So it's not about fairness. It's about God's sovereignty again. Then it says, and we are among those whom he selected both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. So if you're still asking, is it fair then? Where are you basing your question, your, your word fair? Fair by your standards? Fair on how you see fair? Fair on how you think is fair? Let's look at what God says. Isaiah 55, 8, 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen? And again, I praise Him for that. I praise him for that because my thoughts can just make it this much, you know. I can only, you know, get to this level. But my God, who knows all things, right, who knows all things. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows you on how you're going to finish. So don't, if you... Stumble here and there in this life of ours, in this impossible Christian life of ours, the moment that you let go of God and you make yourself Lord again and you stumble, don't stay too long in that state. I say too long because there's a good good thing of staying there because you're going to think, oh my gosh, why did I do this again? There is a good part in that. But get up. Get up because God has seen the finished you amen God has seen the finished you because he has done everything for you and I so there's no point to stay there realize what brought you there think about what brought you there and most of the time it is because you made yourself Lord again you took the reign of your life again but again he says here my thoughts are not your thoughts so again I say I don't even cry out Lord this is not fair who am i to know what fair is in god's eyes because i will never think because the fact the mere fact that he chose a few that he created it doesn't make him unfair i don't i don't see it that way because i see a lot of people that could care less about god i see a lot of people saying that they believe in god but they truly don't and then i trust in the So my my trust and my reliance is on the true God who knows everything so I trust that God so I trust all his decisions for me you know divine election should bring forth humility it should humble us and make us bring us to praise him in 1 Corinthians 1 26 31 brothers and sisters Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Right? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with this. I look at myself and I'm like, oh yeah, this is my verse. <laughs> God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things there are so that no one may boast before Him. So that no one may boast before Him because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Opposing means against, right? The opposing team, it means they're not playing with you. They're playing against you. So if you are proud, if you think your good works will take you to heaven, that you're not such a bad person anyway. Guess what? <laughs> God is against you. But God, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's what I see there. It is because, so that no one may boast for him, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus again it is because of him it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus because of the divine election who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness holiness and redemption this that's Christ Jesus therefore as it is written let the one who boasts boast in the Lord amen so if you are going to boast about your Christian life you boast about God because it was him who did it for you, right? It was him who chose you before the foundations of the world. It was him and him alone. There's no boasting about you in your decision. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just really smart anyway, so it's about time. I knew I was gonna make that decision sooner or later. No. Here, next one. He also chose us for his pleasure. Again, going back to Galatians 1. 15 and part of the 16 it says they called me by his grace was pleased in Ephesians 1 5 to 6 having predestined us to adoption see having predestined us to adoption as sons of by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will it was his pleasure to have chosen us before everything that God has made was this for was for his pleasure the bees the butterflies right he wasn't lonely that's why he created us but he created us so it's for his pleasure right and then we see here that he was having predestined us to him to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. It was all God. And again, we're still talking the divine, talking about the doctrine of divine election. You know the question. If it's been predetermined, then why share? <laughs> My sarcastic believer. Right? Probably me. Well, there you go. God already knew who's gonna accept him, so why do I have to share? all right Well, let me ask you, do you know who God chose? No. You don't know who God chose. Remember in Deuteronomy 29, 29, right? For the things that were revealed to us was for us. And the ones that are in secret is for the Lord. So you don't know who God chose. All you know is God told us to go, right? Told, he told us to go. So here's the answer. Galatians 1:16. Paul, again saying, "So that I might preach him among the Gentiles."? Right? God chose Paul before in his, before he was in his mother's womb. God chose us before the foundations of the world, to so what? So that we will preach Him. And now, Acts 13.48, this is Paul and Barnabas. After they preached the gospel to the Jews, the Jews rejected them. And now they said, now when the de- they went to the Gentiles, right? They went out of the synagogue and they went to the Gentiles. And now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as been appointed, appointed, appointed to eternal Life. The ones that were appointed, God brought there. And then Paul and Barnabas obeyed the calling to share the gospel. And the ones that were called by God heard it and finally made that decision there. It's the same thing with us. We don't know who God's chosen people are. Other than ourselves. Once you accept Christ as your Lord, you're one of His chosen ones. And your responsibility is to preach, to share that good news to them. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, this is where we're going to end. And they're like, praise God, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, that's what they said. They were praying. (laughs) Finally, I'm hungry, they said. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. This is Paul speaking the believers in Thessalonica. He said, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. Why? Because God knew about the divine election, that it is God who has chosen this people to accept him as as their Lord. That's why Paul was always thanking God. I thank God. I am bound to thank God for you. That's why when, when somebody accepts Christ here, we're like, praise God. We thank God for that. Because it was God who chose that. It was God who chose Romel. It was God who chose Alicia. It was God who chose Attila. It was God who chose Atiduse and Chris. It was God who chose us. That's why we said, praise God for you. So God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. Imagine that. Amen. God deserves, as I look at this, God deserves what? God deserves all our praise and our gratitude. And our praise and our gratitude should move us into a life of what? Of obedience. Right? Because He chose us. He chose us. He didn't choose. And then you, you'll know of somebody who, who, would have died, who, who died already and never made that decision. And you're thinking, man. He was a better person than I am, than than I'll ever be, I think, without Christ. But because it was God's decision. Because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. See, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth in the person before they pray to receive Christ. It's the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit of truth. He reveals it to you. Because I've heard the gospel many times before I made that decision back in 2001 to accept him. I've heard the, the gospel many times before that. But I could care less for it. It didn't make sense to me. It did not make the same impact to me than, I, than it did back in 2001. So that's why it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals it. It's the Holy Spirit that, that quickens you. Because you're a dead spirit. You're a dead spirit. Does a dead body do anything No, no, right? It stinks, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, it does. Do it, it, it. Our dead body doesn't do anything, right? So does a dead spirit. Apart from Christ, we're all dead spirits. But the Holy Spirit is the one that quickened you and made you alive, so that you will understand spiritual things, especially about that, to accept Lord the Lord as your Savior to which he called you by our gospel you see to which he called you he called god called the, the the christians there through the gospel that Paul and his team shared to them for obtaining of the glory of our lord jesus christ therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or our epistle <laughs> believers knowing that it was ultimately God who called us should develop a great deal of gratitude and humility in every single one of us here to question if it is fair is you're making God to your level God respects your free will but make no mistake about it, God already knew what you were going to do even before you did it. So as we understand, as we have read these scriptures, as we've seen that we are God's chosen ones. As we are humbled by that, and, it, and, then it's a, and we are grateful for that, we need to now, in return, out of that, must sprout. A life of obedience to glorify Him with our lives. Amen? amen. Now don't go walking around tomorrow thinking, who are the chosen ones here? (laughs) You will never know who the chosen ones are of your unbelieving friends and family. Just know that you being the chosen one, you are to share to the dying world of the gift that you have. Amen? Amen. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your truth tonight. Father, I pray for your wisdom for all of us, Lord God, as we walk out of this, this place, Lord God, and as we've heard something, if it's new for uh, some of us, Lord, I pray for wisdom. Help us, Lord, completely understand. It might not be tonight. But Lord, just give us that, that the understanding that we need to just stand firm with you and know that you are good and you are wise, you are all-knowing and you love us, you are merciful, you are gracious. And Lord, for the fact that you have chosen us out of the many, we are grateful, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We will never know why you picked us or you chose us but we will forever be grateful. May we live our lives, Lord, glorifying you and obedient to every word that you have instructed us to do. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we failed you. But again, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. podcast and want to support our mission of reaching others help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give to get the latest updates from our channel hit the subscribe button visit our facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how god is moving in your life